Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Finding My Place, The Puzzle Begins, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on October 23rd, 2016. Well, good morning, everyone. Glad to see you here this morning. You know, it's amazing to me the, the weather that we've been having. I know it's the kind of the talk of the town, but it's been gorgeous, hasn't it? It's just been wonderful. We praise God for every new day, every new opportunity, don't we? Yeah, so today, I'm excited. I hope you're excited. I guess I'm always excited. My wife tells me I use that word too much, but that's okay. I like it, so I'm going to use it. We know what we like, right? So I'm excited because we're going to start a, a new message series this week. And uh, we're going to take the next several weeks and we're going to kind of jump around in our Bibles a little bit, all right? So what I want you to do first and foremost, if you brought your Bible with you this morning, and even if you didn't, in the front of you, under the chairs there, there are Bibles for everyone. And I want you to grab your Bible. You don't have to hold it up or anything like that. But I want you to grab a Bible or your Bible. And what I want you to do for me is this. I want you to make a commitment a commitment to bring your Bible every week, all right? Because we're going to look at God's Word every week, every moment, every time that we gather together, whether it's at church on Sunday or whether it's in our small groups during the week or in our ministries that we do throughout the month. We're going to open up God's Word, and I want to do this for you. Um, those Bibles that are there, they say Soul Rio Church on them, but I want you to know that Bible is for you. That, that is a gift to you, or if you know somebody that needs a Bible, that doesn't have one of their own. I, I want you to take one of those with you today and I want you to gift it to somebody. Can you do that for me? Can we make the commitment to do that sometime this week? Amen? Yes? I need to eat some head shaking. And I know you're with me. At least for the first 15 minutes and then the rest I won't, I won't hold you accountable. All right, well, we're gonna jump into this series. If you would, mark your Bibles to Joshua. Old Testament book, Joshua chapter 24. And we're going to look at that here in just a few moments. But this week, we're going to start this series, and I've entitled it Puzzled. And it's kind of an odd name, I know that. But, but really, as you think about the family, and I'm not just reflecting on our immediate family, but when you think about our church family, the family of God, it really is a puzzling thing, isn't it? Isn't it a puzzling thing to be in the midst and the dynamics of a family, especially in today's time? You know, the, the family has changed so much. You know, today, um, we can't just say that the typical family is, is mom and dad and, and kids. You know, a lot of grandparents are, are raising their grandkids. You know, we have a lot of, of blended families in our community. You know, we have a lot of, of different uh, dynamics to our family. But what we want to do is we want to look at God's family and we want to look at it from a perspective of a biblical worldview. And we want to gain some understanding of how we put the pieces of the puzzle together as a family. Because really that's what it comes down to is that each and every one of us is a piece of that puzzle. And each and every one of us is different. Size, shape, color, everything. We're all different. But the, the key factor and the key element is that each and every one of us is an important piece, right? Have you guys ever done a puzzle before? I'm sure you have. Everybody has, right? What happens when you come to the end of that thousand-piece box and there's like two pieces missing? You're like, oh, you know, I spent like months on this and now there's two pieces missing. What do you do? You throw it out, right? <laughs> we don't do that with our family, just so you know. <laughs> we don't do that with our family. 
But you know, with every puzzle, there's always a starting point. So today, uh, I've entitled our message, the, the Puzzle Begins, because I think that we need a starting place. We need a starting point. You know, every morning that you wake up, you hit your alarm, or you open your eyes, and you put your feet on the ground, and you begin, right? You start your day. A runner, when he's about to run a race, he, he starts his race not from the locker room, but there's a starting point where he comes up to and there's a line there and that's the starting place in our life, right? You know, for most of us, we, we go to work and we, we clock in, we punch in at a specific time and we start our work day, right? You know, for Janice and myself, when we were, when we were first married, we were unequally yoked, okay? Um, we both didn't walk with Jesus, but we made the decision to go ahead and get married anyways, and, and as, we, as we started the first few of, our, first few of our, the years of our marriage, um, we had some decisions to make. We had some starting points that we came upon that we had to decide together. And one of those critical starting points for Janice and myself was the moment we decided that we wanted to start a family. We wanted to have kids. And it was about six, seven years into our marriage. And I tell you, that, that debate was pretty heavy. It was, it was a pretty tedious debate because she didn't know Jesus at the time and I was just beginning in understanding who Jesus was in my life and I felt strongly that that my house my family needed to to go to church and to live for God and so we talked about that and we we wrestled through it and and out of that we came to the decision that that we would we would raise our kids in the church that we would find a, a home church where we could raise our kids in, that we could come together and fellowship and worship and do all those things that God calls us to do as a family together. And that was our starting point. See, that was the beginning of a faith journey that my wife and I went on. And we saw God and we continually see God do some amazing things in our lives on that journey. But that was our starting point. And I think for all of us, we have to start somewhere. And so this morning, what I'd like to do is, is erase the past. Wherever you are in your family, whatever you've done, whatever you've said, all the wrongs, all the rights, I want you to kind of put those aside this morning. And I, I want to offer you a fresh start. I want this today to be a day of a new beginning for you in your family, in the church family, in your immediate family. I want it to be a beginning of something new, a fresh start. Today is the day that you will make a decision, a choice to start fresh. See, in the passage that we're going to look at in this story, Joshua calls all of the people together, all of the tribes of Israel he calls them together and he offers them something. He says, God wants, to make, wants you to make a choice. He's offering you a fresh start, a new beginning, and he wants you to make a decision today. And I think it's the same for you and I. Each and every single day when we start our day, we have to make a choice. We have to make a decision to follow God. And so this morning, as we look at this passage I believe that God wants to remind us of his promises, the things that he promised us in his word and how that he is fulfilling those promises and how he'll help us put the pieces together of this thing that we call family. Not only our immediate family, but the family of God. Will you pray with me? 
Father, we thank you for this new morning. We thank you for this new day. Lord, we come into your presence in the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray as we read your words, as we hear the things that you are saying to the people of Israel, Father, that it would just cross over and that you would speak to our hearts. And Father, that as we are faced with a decision and a choice today, that we would choose to follow you, to live for you. Father, change us. Create in us anew. Father, help us to understand that that your mercies are new each and every single day. And today is a new day. And it's a day that you've given us. So Father, by the power of your spirit, speak to us, guide us, and show us the things that you desire for us. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we do it all in Jesus' holy, precious name. Amen. Well, we're in Joshua and I just want to look at a few verses to help bring some application to the aspect of of this fresh start, this newness, and the opportunity to start and begin somewhere to put the pieces together in our lives. So we're going to look at verses 13, 14, and 15. And let's read those together. Joshua chapter 24, verses 13 through 15. It says, I gave to you a land on which you had not labored and cities that you had not built. And you dwell in them, You eat the fruit of vineyards and olive orchards that you did not plant. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There it is. There it is. It's the beginning for these people. It's this fresh start that God is offering. Joshua is challenging in this moment for them to make a decision to start fresh. They had messed up. They had done a lot of things. They had been worshiping other gods. And God is saying, hey, let's put that in the past and let's start fresh today. So this morning, I want to ask each and every one of us, myself included, what will you choose? No matter what your background is, where where you came from, how you were raised, what will you choose today? Will you choose to serve the Lord God Almighty? See, that's a question that we have to ask ourselves each and every single day. And the great thing about that question, the answer just comes out of God's word because he helps us to understand how we do that and where we start, where we can begin to do that each and every single day. And the first place is just simply start by admitting that God has given us everything, that God has provided all that we have. See, in verse 13, he says it like this. Joshua says, God says, I gave you a land on which you had not labored and cities that you had not built. I provided for you, and you dwell in them. You eat the fruit of the vineyards and olive orchards that you did not plant. See, there's something here that the the people had not acknowledged and didn't want to acknowledge, is that everything that they had in that moment was given to them by God. See, they probably felt pretty good about themselves because they had conquered another people. You know, they overtaken cities. 
And they probably felt pretty good about what they had because now they were living in abundance. You know, this comes at a time when the Israelites had, had seen some, some, um, some really great loss. You know, they were wandering people and now all of a sudden they have their own things. Now all of a sudden they have stuff. Do you see how you and I can find ourselves kind of falling into that same mindset? So I, I don't know about you guys, but I know when, when things are going really good and when I have a stuff, you know, and I eat well, you know, I acknowledge God a little less. And because life is easy and, you know, I have stuff and it's going good and, you know, I don't say it, but sometimes my life is a reflection of, well, you know, I, I really don't need God right now. You know, so I begin to, to worship the stuff. I begin to look to the stuff and I, and I find my pleasures in the stuff. And I think that's what's happening here to these people and God's reminding him, look, who's giving you this stuff? Where does it come from? Why do you have what you have? Not because you built it, not because you planted it, but simply because I've given it to you. I've allowed you to have these things. See, if we're going to answer this question honestly, if we're going to really understand if we fall into this mindset, I think we have to do something here. And I want you to kind of bear with me for a moment as, as we do this, because I think it's something that will be challenging for each and every one of us to think about. I want you to do this for me. I want you to, to hold your hands out in front of you like this. All right, so this is what you call a posture, right? You are posturing. And typically when we do this, it's like our kids. Daddy, can I have some money? <laughs> Daddy, I need something. You know? But, you know, we do that with God, right? And that's okay. He wants us to tell him what we want. He wants us to, to ask for him, ask him for the things that, that we need. And God provides. He takes care of us. He gives to us. But the only problem that, that we face in life and as humans in our humanity is that this posture turns to this. Once we get something, we go like this. And we tend to, to hold on to it out of maybe fear or, or insecurity or, or maybe pride or, or whatever it is. See, that's not the posture that God wants us to have. God wants us to have this posture. Keep doing this with me. I want you to do this. Because I, I want you to realize and know that in your hands, in your hands, you hold time. See, God has given you time on this earth. For some of us, it's shorter. Some of it's longer. But God has given you time. And God wants you to use that time for his glory. God wants you to hold your time with this kind of a posture. See, if God were to say, Floyd, I need you to give more time to my people. I need you to give more time to serving me and to doing the things that will glorify me. My posture should still always be this. It should never be this. It should never be, no, God, I just don't have time. And I have very little of it. So I'm going to hold on to it and I'm going to keep it. See, that's what God is reminding these Israelites. He's reminding you and I this morning that we have been given time and he wants us to use it for his glory. The other thing that, that we've been given is love. Well, let me go back to the title because there's a passage that I wanted to read. I'm sorry. In Hebrews 10, 24, it should be up on the screen here. 
It says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Right there, that says you have been given time and God wants you to use it and invest it in others. See, the other thing that we've been given is love. See, in our hands we hold love. So the question that we have to ask is, what is our posture when God says to love somebody? When God says to love those that we think are unlovable? Is it this? No, God, I don't want to. They're different than me. I don't really like them very much. They're kind of rude. See, God tells us something different. Look at this in 1 John 4, 9 through 11. He says, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us. God showed us his love, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And in this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And he says this, he says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. See, in our hands, we hold resources. We hold things, we hold stuff. Whether it be money, whether it be possessions, whatever it is, we hold it. We have. If we live in America, which we do, <laughs> by the way, good old America, we have stuff. You know, the poorest of people in our country are richer than probably 90% of the world. You know, there's a statistic that says if you have $20 or access to $20, bank account, pocket, hidden in your closet, whatever it is, that you are richer than more than 90% of the world. $20. You know, how often do we take for granted that $20 that we have? See, we have resources. And the Bible tells us this. Jesus says this. He said, He looked upon and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. They were taking advantage because they had an abundance. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, Truly, I tell you, This poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they all have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, she put it all, all that she had to live on. See, what we have to realize is that everything we have has been given to us from God, and we should always have this kind of a posture. Yes, we ask for God to give us things. We ask God provide for us, but we can never forget that he is the one that is given, right? you agree with that? Amen. See, the pieces of the puzzle will start to come together in the moments when we realize that everything we have has been given to us from God. We have been entrusted to share all that we have with those around us. Well, the second thing that we see here is that we start by turning from our own way. And this is an important piece of the puzzle. It really is because there's so many times that we want to do our own thing. We want to kind of live our lives the way we think we need to live our lives. And in verse 14, he says it like this. He says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. See, we know that that God's people thought they were pretty tough at this point. They had conquered some land. They had stuff, and they were living pretty, pretty well. 
Everything was good and they had plenty. So they didn't feel like they needed to follow God, did they? They thought they could worship other gods and look to other idols. And I think at times in our lives, we do the same. There's moments when we do the same. I want to ask you this because as I was reading this and kind of thinking about going my own way, I started thinking about people around me that, that I know that have walked in faith, that, that trust their lives with Jesus. And, and I know that all of us in our lives, we have someone that has gone their own way, right? I want you to think about a name right now. Everybody got your name? Give me the head shake. No, no, you're awake. I can't see your eyes, so. All right. What I'd like to do right now, just kind of step away from this for a minute, but God knows their name. You know their name. Would you, would you bow your heads with me and let's pray for those that we know that have gone their own way, that have walked away from this faith, and let's, let's lift them up to God for a moment. Father, we thank you for your love for us, and Lord, we, we don't ever want to take for granted. We don't ever want to walk away from the faith that you've given us, the hope that you've given us, the love that you have for us, Father. But we know that there are many in this world, many in our lives that have done that, Father. And by name this morning, we give them to you. Father, we put them in your hands. Father, we trust you with them. Father, we we pray that that you would free them from the bondage of sin, that you would release them and help them to see that you have given them everything that they have. Help them to know that, that your way is the best way and it is the only way. Father, our hearts break for those that don't walk with you because we know the outcome. We understand the end of the story. And because of that, we want to be different. Because of that, we want to change. Because of that, we want to live a life that reflects you. So, Father, as we pray for these individuals, Father, help us to be better. Help us to be bold. And help us to love so that your name and that your son would be revealed in their lives. Lord, we give them to you and we do it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, I want to go back to what that verse says, how he starts out with, now therefore fear the Lord. Because you have to ask yourself the question, what does it mean to fear God? And, and do I actually fear God? Am I afraid of God? And I think there's, there's a yes and no answer to that question. Yes, we fear God, but it's not the type of fear that the world brings on or talks about. It's a fear that reflective of a reverence for God. It's an awe of who God is. It's an understanding of who this God is that created the heavens and the earth. See, yes, we fear God. We have reverence for God. And it's a no in the sense that that we shouldn't be in distress. See, we have the, the freedom and the right to enter into the presence of God because of what Jesus Christ did for you and I. See, when Jesus died on that cross, he tore down that veil. And what I mean by that is that that there is no man that we have to go to before we go to God other than God himself, which is Jesus Christ revealed to us as God. See, we don't have to go to a priest. We don't have to go to a pastor. We don't have to go to another man. See, we can go directly into the presence of God. And we should do that in awe. We should do that with fear but not fear of because he's not this harsh God that wants to hurt us or to condemn us. 
You know, and, and the best picture that I can, I can draw for that, that helps me, is that of simply a father. You know, I have two kids and I love my kids deeply. And I remind them all the time when I, when I tell them not to do things, when I correct them, when I discipline them, I tell them that I do it because I love them and I care about them. I do it because I want them to be better. I want them to grow and have an understanding of their own faith. I don't have a heavy hand to come down on them. I don't want to crush their spirit. I don't want to condemn them in a way that would just break them. And see, our Heavenly Father, He's no different. In fact, He's better than we are as fathers. He just wants to offer us His love. And when we have reverence for Him, the fact of the matter is that we will serve Him. So you and I, when we grow in our understanding of who God is, we begin to understand the awe of God. We understand the the aspect of having fear for him and how the beginning of wisdom is just simply that, being in awe of God and having this fear of God. I love what Proverbs 3, 5 says. I think it nails it for us in reflection to turning from our own way and, and listening to God. It simply says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In other words, don't do it your way. Do it God's way. Do it God's way. Trust him. Because his way is the best way. See, and this is how you and I, this is how we show reverence for God. As we put the pieces together in our family, we start, we start by being in awe of God. Hebrews chapter 13, 20 and 21 says it like this. It says, Now may the God of peace who brought, again from the de- brought, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of his internal covenant, equip you with everlasting good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory, and for, glory forever and ever. Amen. See, God wants to enter into a covenant relationship with each and every one of us. It's this agreement that God is going to do his part. He's going to fulfill his promises. But we have to do our part. We have to start somewheres. And today is a great day to do that. Today is a great day to start. See, there's no question that you and I, we have an opportunity today to start. And so as we kind of close our time together this morning, I want to leave you with this last point, what it says in verse 15. I want to ask you to start by choosing to serve God. I want to offer you an opportunity to start by choosing to serve our Heavenly Father. In verse 15, he says, And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, there's no question that, that we will serve something or someone in this lifetime. You know, there was a season in my life where, where I truly served money and man. There's no question. You know, I didn't think or realize that I was doing that. 
I owned my own little small business. It's a little courier service. And every morning I woke up thinking about how I was going to build my business, how I was going to make more money, how I was going to add this, that, and the other. And then when I didn't, at the end of the day, man, I felt like the weight of the world just crashed all over me. Because I realized that I was putting my trust in man. And when man failed me, when that customer didn't call or I didn't get that account, I realized that my trust was in man. See, I was serving something that I shouldn't have ever served. And God is saying here, choose. Because either way that you look at it, you will serve something or someone. But the question this morning, will you choose to serve God? Will you start today? Will you let today be that day? You know, the Bible tells us today is the day of salvation. Today is a day that you have an opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ. Let today be that day. Let it be the day that you begin to put the pieces together. Let it be the day that you start. I'm going to read this last passage, and it just comes out of Deuteronomy, and it talks about what we do in part of our service and how we live our lives for Jesus. And it's very reflective of our passage this morning in Joshua It says, Hear, O Israel, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Choose today whom you will serve. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? I want to give you an opportunity this morning whether it's a first-time opportunity or a second-time opportunity. I want to ask you, in the presence of God, to make a choice. A choice to serve God, to serve Jesus, to live your life in a way that when people look at your life and they see you, they can't help but to notice something is different. See, when we serve God, when we trust Him and we do it His way, our lives can't help but to be changed. This morning, Jesus wants you to know who He is. Jesus wants you to know that that He died on a cross so that you could have life and life more abundant. He gave His life for each and every one of us here in this room. And I believe God wants you to know that not only did he die for our sins, but he rose again. And he says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again, that he gave his life for our sins, if you believe and trust that you won't perish, but you'll have everlasting life, that this life here on earth isn't the end. It's not over. 
we have an eternity in the presence of God. So this morning, if, if you want to make that choice, I just want to ask you to do this with your eyes closed and your heads bowed. I want you to raise your hand. If you want to make that choice to follow Jesus this morning, raise your hand high. Amen. Praise God. I want you to know that God loves you. God has done everything that he's done for this very moment for you. I want you to know that you don't have to go alone on this journey, that there's others here in this community that want to walk with you, that want to pray with you, that want to encourage you. See, God doesn't do something and then leave us. God does something and then he goes with us. Father, we thank you this morning for all that you are in our lives. We thank you this morning. And Father, as a church, as your body, as your believers, as your people, this morning we choose this day to serve you. Today is a new day, a new opportunity, Father, and we're going to live our lives in reflection of what you've done for us and what you're going to do in us and through us, Father. So Lord, we, we praise you and we give you glory this morning. Lord, we ask that you would forgive us of the sins that we've committed, that you would wash us and cleanse us, and that you would help us to live today, live today for you, to serve you, so that others would notice and others would see you and that you would get glorified, that you would be glorified in all that we say and all that we do. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we do it all in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.